Last week, on May 2nd, the DC news outlet Politico published a draft opinion of a Supreme Court decision that would overturn Roe v. Wade, tossing out what's been the law of the land on abortion for 50 years. Now, an actual decision has not been issued. What was leaked was a draft, written by Justice Samuel Alito, but in the days since it was published, people have sprung into action. Republicans in South Carolina are talking about passing more aggressive legislation on abortion, and abortion providers are preparing for a six-week ban that could potentially go into effect in the state. I'm Emily Williams, this is Understand South Carolina from the Post and Courier, and today we're talking about what would happen in our state if Roe v. Wade is overturned. But first, we have to dial things back to a little over a year ago. That's when South Carolina last passed new restrictions on abortion. Here's reporter Nick Reynolds, who covers politics from the State House. I'm Nick Reynolds, and I'm the politics reporter for the Charleston Post and Courier, based here in Columbia. If you hear any background noise while Nick's talking, that's because he spoke to me from the lobby of South Carolina State House, where he's been all week covering the end of this legislative session. In the mid-2010s, uh, the South Carolina legislature passed a ban on abortions at 20 weeks under the Haley administration. She signed it. And that's kind of been the law on the land up until about 2021, uh, last year, when the legislature adopted a ban on abortions uh, six weeks after conception. What that is, it's essentially one of the more restrictive abortion bans in the country. And up until now, it was um, essentially unconstitutional under previous precedent, which was Roe v. Wade. However, as that lawsuit has been mired in court, there was a leaked opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court basically upholding a similar ban that was passed in Mississippi. However, theirs was a little bit less restrictive, but the way the legal opinion was written, it essentially just threw out all of the entire legal precedent behind it. So in theory, as the South Carolina six-week ban moves through the courts, assuming this ruling holds, as it's written, it would essentially be invalidated and the six-week ban would be allowed to move forward. Governor Henry McMaster signed that bill banning abortions at six weeks last February. Ladies and gentlemen, this step we take today was long in coming and monumental in consequence. But our battles are not over. Yet I believe that the dawn of victory is upon us. I ask the citizens and I ask the General Assembly to send me a bill, send me the heartbeat bill, and I would sign it. And you have, and now I will. Now, when that bill was signed, lawmakers knew it couldn't be enforced at the time. It was unconstitutional because it violated the 1973 Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade. But lawmakers in South Carolina and other Republican-held states which passed similar bills knew that if Roe were to be overturned, those laws would already be on the books and could go into effect. Uh, I think it's been acknowledged in all these states where they've you know, filed what were appeared to be at face value unconstitutional bills is the idea that this would allow them to come back uh, to the court in a more favorable political environment as um, 
most people are probably well aware, the Supreme Court has taken a conservative slant in the last couple of years under the Trump administration with the death and retirement of some liberal justices, um, the ascension of more socially conservative justices who are uh, also younger with the idea that they could um, you know, enact more socially conservative um, policy changes through the court. That's essentially what we're seeing the start of right now, you know, with the presumptive tossing of Roe v. Wade, it's the culmination of a decades-long political and legal strategy to put in some of these justices, and that's you know precisely what we've seen here. Planned Parenthood of the South Atlantic filed the suit in February 2021 that blocked the six-week abortion ban, which up to this point has been unconstitutional under Roe v. Wade. Vicki Ringer, director for South Carolina Public Affairs with Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, explained what would likely happen with South Carolina's six-week ban if Roe is overturned this summer. I'm Vicki Ringer, and I'm the South Carolina director of public affairs for Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, and we are the affiliate for the national Planned Parenthood, and we cover four states, South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia, and the western part of Virginia. We have two health centers here in South Carolina, Columbia and Charleston, but we have 14 health centers across our affiliate. Here in South Carolina, we serve about 10,000 unique patients a year out of our Charleston and Columbia health centers. And that can be, of course, abortion care, but our primary patient sees us for their annual pap smear, breast exam, birth control, there's cancer screenings, and sexually transmitted diseases are on a huge rise in South Carolina. So we see a lot of that for diagnosis and treatment. We've been talking about this draft opinion from the Supreme Court, which, as it was written, would overturn Roe v. Wade, and also talking about this six-week abortion ban in South Carolina, which up to this point has not been enforced because of Roe v. Wade. So if Roe is overturned, what do we know about what will pretty immediately happen in South Carolina? Do we know when that six-week ban would start to be enforced? Well, we can make some assumptions. Even though Roe v. Wade will be overturned, which would make the six-week ban possibly go into effect, it's still a court procedure because the federal court has blocked the bill at the uh, court of appeals level and at the district court level. The state will have to petition the Court of Appeals to lift that injunction. The normal procedure is that the Court of Appeals then comes back to Planned Parenthood and the Center for Reproductive Rights to say, what is your response? And we are given a chance to respond to that request or that petition. How much time the court will allow for our response and how quickly they will act on that is a guessing game. But we are expecting that it would probably be about a month between the Roe decision 
and the federal court lifting an injunction, assuming the state will petition the court immediately after the official decision is handed down. So we're looking at maybe August 1st when that will go into effect. That ban going into effect would shorten the time period for access to abortion in South Carolina from 20 weeks to six weeks. That six-week ban would um, require all women to undergo an ultrasound first, and if cardiac activity can be detected on an ultrasound, then an abortion cannot be performed. And the first thing I have to explain about that is that at six weeks, there is no heart. There is the very first start of an embryo is what is known as a fetal pole, and it's from that that the nervous system develops. And there is electrical activity as that pole starts developing. And that's what people commonly refer to as a heartbeat. Now, if you use a typical ultrasound that people are accustomed to, that is on the outside that you see on TV where they rub it over the belly, you typically can't detect any type of um, fetal sounds until about 12 weeks. And the smaller the person, the earlier you can hear that. The larger the woman, the later it is when you can hear that. In order to hear an early heartbeat or fetal sounds, you have to use a transvaginal ultrasound. The law does not require a transvaginal ultrasound to be used. If a doctor can go to jail for providing an abortion, they're not going to take any risk. They are going to use that transvaginal ultrasound. There are some women for which that is contraindicated. People who are survivors of sexual assault, we would never use a transvaginal ultrasound on them. And there are other reasons for which you wouldn't do it. But by and large, the transvaginal ultrasound will be used. And when you do that, you can usually hear on most women at about six weeks. And at that point, women have just learned they're pregnant. Many women at six weeks just don't know. So they're automatically, it's going to be too late for them to get an abortion. But that law has been blocked by the courts because right now it is in defiance of Roe v. Wade, which is still the law of the land. Um, which means you can't ban abortion prior to viability. And viability is a word you hear used a lot, but what it basically means is if the fetus can survive on its own outside of the woman. Um, For some, there is never viability. Some pregnancies will never be viable. But by and large, it's at about 24 to 26 weeks. The court has said that this law can't take place, but if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then the state's first step will be to go to the courts and ask that that injunction be lifted so that the six-week ban can go into effect. We talked about the potential timing for that ban to go into effect if Roe is overturned. Obviously, that would affect how Planned Parenthood operates in South Carolina. So what's being done right now to prepare for that? So what we are looking at, if the six-week ban goes into effect, is expanding our hours, providing more doctors so that we can see patients earlier because there will be a demand. We are working with 
our donors to raise money to help cover costs for people to get it done quickly so that they're not waiting until they've saved or borrowed the money. We are promoting the abortion funds in this state, which are nonprofit organizations that raise money to help poor women be able to afford abortions. We have been expanding our services in North Carolina in preparation for this. We have a new facility in Charlotte that provides abortion that we did not have before this became a concern. We have expanded our services in Raleigh and Chapel Hill so that we can meet the needs of patients. And so we've got quite a few of our health centers on the North Carolina, South Carolina border that have been expanded so that they can serve patients from South Carolina. We are soliciting volunteers who are willing to drive patients to North Carolina if they need it. People who have stepped up to say, I will babysit children so women can get the services they need. It can be difficult and it impacts those um, who have the least resources the most. Women with means have always been able to access abortion, even before Roe v. Wade. People in poverty, young people, it, it's been difficult to access for them. But typically, the, the biggest need is immediate money to be able to pay for the abortion now, even if it's somebody who wants to pay it back and then transportation. And above all, it's educating the public about what's available and making sure that they know that we're going to work with them to get what they want at a time they need it before uh, government stops them from um, taking full advantage of all their reproductive choices. So when Republican lawmakers passed this six-week ban last year, it was with the thought that Roe could be overturned in the future and that if it were, there would be this ban that could go quickly into effect. And now we're in a situation where it looks likely that Roe could be overturned very soon, which would allow that six-week ban to go into effect. So what are Republican lawmakers saying right now? Do they seem satisfied with what the state of abortion legislation in South Carolina would be if that six-week ban is the law being applied in the state? At this point, no. And we've uh, seen plenty of signs that Republicans in the state house want to go more aggressive. We've actually seen a fair amount of success with a bill this session. Uh, it didn't pass and it's been stalled indefinitely that would have um, essentially charge doctors who perform abortions with murder, you know, um, basically just a recognition that life begins at conception. And uh, that's been stalled um, mostly by administrative means. Actually, you know, the bill that was intended to do that in the Senate only stalled after Democrats and uh, one Republican in the committee threatened to walk out, robbing the committee of a quorum. It was never recalled and the leadership just never bothered to touch it again. So when we talk about more aggressive legislation, is an all-out ban on abortion in South Carolina is something that's being discussed? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't say that the conversation has really been um, out in the open too often. Most of the time when we've seen the prospect of an outright ban being suggested, um, it's typically been as an amendment to a larger bill 
and you know it's just kind of been eaten up in the machinery of the legislative process. However, um, there was a really interesting topic that did come up amid the um, discussion of the abortion reversal bill. During that discussion in the House on second reading, Josiah Magnuson, who's one of the more conservative members of the House of Representatives, actually proposed that outright ban. And it actually uh, was only defeated by a 49 to 40 margin. It was close. Um, There were some Republicans that crossed the aisle to defeat that amendment, but it was still a very close vote. And it's going to be a really contentious topic moving forward. South Carolina's regular legislative session ended Thursday, May 12th. But debate on abortion legislation isn't necessarily over for the year. Leaders from the House and the Senate said they will call their members back after June if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. At that time, lawmakers would reconvene in Columbia and could take up bills outlawing abortions in the state. That's all for today. For more related coverage, check the links in today's show notes. For more coverage from our state house and other political news in South Carolina, subscribe to our Palmetto Politics newsletter. I'll leave a link to sign up for that in our show notes also. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for this podcast, you can reach us at understandsc at postandcareer.com or on Twitter at understandsc. Understand South Carolina is a production of The Post and Courier. Let us know what you think of the show. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Keep up with the latest headlines at postandcourier.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a different news story from our state.